0: Good morning City Church. How's everyone doing so far? Good. It's the worst question to ask on a Sunday morning. You're like, I woke up. I got here early. It's the first service. Leave me alone. I haven't had a coffee yet. I'm emotional. Worship was too good, right? Like it's the worst question to ask them in the morning. But can we put our hands together for the worship team because they led us so incredibly well. And I, I, I love it. Well, As Michael said, my name is Calvin. I'm the creative director here at the church. And on behalf of our lead pastors, Brent and Nicole Coulter, who love you so much, welcome to church this morning. Uh, If you are visiting with us, can I just say this, whether in the room or online, uh, we've been praying for you. We've been anticipating you, we've been preparing for you, and we're so glad that you chose to participate with us in your journey of faith. Uh, and church, can we put our hands together for those that are joining with us for the first time, for the hundredth time, maybe that's you, give yourself a hand. Um, your pastors love you very much. I, got, I, I woke up to a text yesterday morning at 629, I believe, and uh, Pastor Brent said that, hey, I'm praying for the service, I'm believing people will be encouraged and helped, and please, do not wear a hat on stage, right? <laughs> And if you're familiar with me, you see me on the screen, I'm always wearing a hat. It's always fun when the kids see me upstairs, they're like, wait, you look different. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not wearing a hat. So I decided I can't get in trouble if I look like Pastor Brent this morning. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we started a series last week called State of Grace, and, and we love grace, She's amazing. No, we love grace, right? We love what we get because of the, the life uh, and the death and the resurrection, the sacrifice of Jesus, how we come into relationship with him and one another. We love, we absolutely love grace. Do we not, right? If it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't be here today. And, and we also love grace when it's for us. It's, it's sometimes a little harder to give it to others, right? If we're just being honest this morning, grace is it's a tricky thing. It's a very tricky thing. It's a multifaceted thing. And uh, this week, I, I have the high privilege and the honor of sharing with you uh, about the thoughts of grace for a word called sanctification grace for sanctification. So if you are taking notes, which I hope you are, because I was told as a young man that those who take notes get into heaven first, right? You skip the line. It's it's a fast pass. Uh, you could do that on your phone. You could do that in your app. If you're online with us on a computer, just open up something and start typing. There are a few things that I want to share with you to get off uh, on a good foot so that we have the same understanding of certain words that I'm using today. So there's some definitions. Uh, and then there's going to be a lot of scripture verses that I'm going to reference. I'm not going to read all of them for you, and so it might be helpful to check back tonight or tomorrow uh, to the YouTube stream uh, to to follow along with it, because this grace isn't one that we get from the cross. It's one that we get for it, right? And uh, I just don't want you to get lost. Uh, This is I mean, totally, totally, totally for you. This is a very, very, very encouraging message. I'm telling you off the top because I believe that as we look at Scripture, it should challenge us. But the Bible tells us that it actually washes over us. It renews us. It makes us whole and new. And so we just wanted to find some terms before we even pray and get ready, right? We, we sang some pretty amazing songs. One of them was, I will make room for you, Lord, to do whatever you want to do. And I think that should be our heart posture as we look at the Word today. Is that cool? That's my intro. couple important definitions. Number one, grace. Grace. If you're taking notes, grace, it could be defined as this, the free and unmerited favor of God. Now, there's, there's a word in there that we don't really use, and then another one that we only kind of use if somebody owes us something. And so it could be better defined as this, a gift that we cannot earn and that we do not deserve. Right? It is a complete gift to us. There is no work that you can do. There is no prayer that you can pray. There is no song that you can sing. There's no dance you can dance. There's nothing. You cannot conjure this thing. It is a gift that is given to us by God. It's an amazing thing. It is free. Absolutely free. How many of you love free things? right? I, I kind of like free things. It depends on how I get approached. Like you ever be walking down the street, downtown somewhere and somebody wearing a name tag, right? Like they got a badge and and there's a few of them. They got the same outfit on and like, Hey, can can I talk to you about something? And then you just put your head down and you keep running. Right? We don't want those gifts. Uh, Somebody tried to do that to me in New York one time, uh, the great city of New York city. Uh, I just get off the plane, I'm down in Times Square, I'm walking and and some guy who looks like someone out of a rap video hands me a CD and he's like, hey, I got something for you. I'm like, no way. That's so amazing. And I take the CD. And then he's like, you know, like I'm a struggling artist. I really want, um, to get my career started. And I'm like, this guy's probably trash. I'm not really interested, but I feel bad. I'm holding a CD. So I take out a $20 bill and then 10 other dudes show up. It's like Wu-Tang Clan. And then they run up, they're putting discs in my hand and, and money. I'm like, why are people giving me money? This, this must be grace. This must be the free, uh, unmerited favor of God my life, and then I start walking away. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever robbed somebody, they don't really take that kindly, okay? If you take something from somebody, they're not going to be happy with it, and I walk away, and I start getting yelled at, all kinds of words, and I realize in this moment, it's not a scam, it's a scheme. They're robbing me, right? (laughs) They're taking something from me. We have to be careful what we take from who we take it from, but when it comes to God and it comes to grace, it is free, No strings attached. No one chasing you down the street being like, hey, that was change in advance. right?" I'm leaving you hanging. Some of you are like, whoa, what happened? It was okay. I gave them the CDs back. They gave me my money back. It's all good. I'm still here. I'm here right now. But God doesn't bait and switch us. He gives us grace freely. Come on, say free. Grace is free. We cannot earn it. We do not deserve it. It is grace. Second word that we need to to come to terms with today when we're talking is sanctification. Now, this isn't a word that we use very, very often, uh, but it it means the action or action of making or declaring something holy. So it's, like it's looking at something, and even if it is not yet, it's saying that it is. Like this is a great prophetic thing that God does in us. He says, you are clean, you are whole, you are mine, and, and before you could do anything about it, I've given you grace to achieve it. Okay. It's the action of making or declaring something holy. It can also be understood as this, the process of being free and purified from sin. There's a participation in our relationship with God where he's like, I want to give you free things, and I want to push you forward, but there's some work that you need to do because there's some work that needs to be done. How many of you know that there's some work to be done in each and every one of our lives, right? And so sanctification is this, I'm being set free, I'm being made whole. It's a process that I am in process with God for, okay? There's something about grace that moves us towards who he is calling us to be. The last definition I have is this. It's disciple. Now, how many of you have heard of that word before? Right? We, we know that word. We know them, unless we don't. And uh, it's, it's been fun lately. I've, I've kind of been asking people a few different things, but one of them is like, how many of the disciples can you name? And most of them can't. And I'm like, but you can tell me every single anime character in the world. You can't tell me the disciples of Jesus. But a disciple, uh, that's an aside. A disciple is a disciplined follower of the way of Christ as detailed through Scripture. That's my definition. You may disagree with me. That's okay. But that's kind of where we're going to stay today. Grace is free and unearnable gift that God has given us. Sanctification, a process of becoming, being made whole, being set free, being made holy with Jesus and a disciple, somebody who is disciplining their life in the way of Jesus as defined by Scripture, now discipleship. It's a big one. It's an important one. Jesus actually he invites every single person that he comes in contact with to follow him and to become a disciple, a disciplined follower of the path that he is walking. And so what we find in scripture are four different types of hearts, four different types of people, four different types of postures, and we find them in every single room that we are ever in, but we also find them looking at us in the mirror depending on where we're at in our journey of faith. And so if you are here in the room, you either find fallen this one all the way to number four, you have the unbeliever, the person who is like, I'm not sure, but I've heard some really cool things. And uh, my friend wasn't walking yesterday, and now he is, I'm really interested in Jesus, right? Like, I want to see what's happening. So you have the, the person who is in process, who is wondering. And then in the third seat, we have somebody who is like, Okay, I'm sold. I believe. I believe. Right? Like something happened in my life. I went to church. I've had a friend who take me out for lunch. I've been reading scripture. So there's something that has happened in your life where you're like, I'm no longer wondering, but I'm decided that Jesus is who he said he was. The third person that we find in Scripture and we find in the mirror is the person who doesn't just believe but begins to walk and begins to work, right? This is seen very often when you begin to serve in ministries, right? We, we see these people in the parking lot. We see them in the lobby. We see them in kids. We see them on stage. We see them on microphones. How many of you are thankful for our city team, right? The city team is, come on, you can put your hands together, right? City team, they were all like ready to clap for themselves, right, I guess, You have the workers, you have people who are not just saying, I'm sitting here and believing and participating, but I'm actually going to jump in, I'm going to move and get my hands and my feet busy for the Lord. But then Jesus actually invites every single one of us, regardless of where we are, to get to the final step in him and with him, and that is being a disciple maker. And this person who has grown in faith, who has grown in courage, and who is mature and responsible, not just for their own discipleship, but for the lives of other people, right? Helping people get from the first chair of, I'm not sure if I can trust God, to, oh, I'm all in, let's go. These people are brave, they are bold, and I believe you are called and you have been chosen, and God has an incredible word for you today. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that nobody can boast. Can we pray today? Father, we love you and we thank you. Scripture tells us that where two or three are gathered, Jesus, you are there It says you live in the praises of your people, and as we have sung great songs about building our life on the foundation of who you are in your love, and as we have also prayed effortlessly that we want to make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Allow scripture to challenge us today. Help us become disciplined in our walk towards you. We thank you for grace. We thank you for the saving grace. We thank you for the sanctifying grace of who you are what you are doing, we need you desperately to become all that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is for you. Now, when we think of grace, we often think of like, thank God for Easter. Easter was a couple of weeks ago. This place was packed. It was so encouraging, so many commitments, so many recommitments. I mean, we've had a tough couple years. But to think about Jesus hanging in place of us is always a beautiful reminder and always gives me a ton of energy to continue to become who he has called me to be. And so when we think of grace, what we often think of is the grace for, for forgiveness, right? Jesus died. There's grace for me. That's the gospel message. Hallelujah. And then we move forward. And that is beautiful. But Pastor Brent asked me to talk about something that's a little bit harder today. It's grace for the cross. And today we're going to start off with Jesus praying in a garden before the Easter story happens. We often think grace, man, Jesus resurrected. He's hanging in the garden. They don't even recognize him. The women come and find him. The disciples go ape. They're just going crazy. They love that he is alive. But Jesus didn't just need grace for you because of the cross. He needed grace to embrace his own cross. he invites us to do that as well. If you are taking notes, again, Matthew chapter 26. We're going to read this together. You know the story. And so I'm going to run through it just a little bit, but we see Jesus stressed, like absolutely grieved, right? You know the story. He's, he's hanging out with his friends. He's realizing that the spirit is leading him to the cross. It's time now. He's had three years to prepare for this moment. So many times of prayer, so many times of fasting, so many miracles, walking on water. Whoa. And then the spirit of God is like, hey, I'm leading you to another place now. It's time to go get ready. And so he finds himself in the garden. He brings his closest friends with him. And he says, can you pray with me? Right? That's a pretty easy ask, right? Like, dude, I helped you walk on water and you were hungry. You don't even have a job, you freeloader. I fed you. I paid your taxes. What are you doing? Can't you pray with me? Right? You, you remember this. He's praying. He's stressed. And he kneels down and it says that he says, dad, is there any other way I could do this? I don't don't want to do it this way. Now, if you've ever been discouraged about lacking faith in your life, if if you've ever been discouraged about lacking courage in your life, if you've ever felt like, God, I don't know if I can do this, be encouraged today. Matthew 26 shows you that even Jesus had these emotions. This is a very real human thing. This shows us that we need to be dependent on the Spirit of God to empower us, and it's not just enough to be along for the ride because we can't do it on ourselves. We need grace, not just from but for things. He prays and he gets up. He doesn't get the answer he's looking for. He's looking around. His friends are sleeping. He's like, "Guys, are you really sleeping?" Yeah, we're we're, we're sleeping. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. I will never do it again. Right? <laughs> he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go pray. Can you pray with me?" Yeah, we got you, Jesus. Don't worry. Everywhere you go, we go. And he's like, "I don't need you just to go there with me. I need you to work with me. We need to pray." They fall back asleep. He gets down. Bible says that he's stressed, right? There's this belief, and in scripture informs us that he was so stressed in this moment, it was like he was sweating blood. Like, you've ever, have you ever been that stressed before? He's gripped by the moment. He knows what's ahead of him. He knows what he has to do, but he doesn't wanna do it yet or the way that he's supposed to. And he prays and he begs, Father, please let this cup pass from me. Any other way do I really have to go and get arrested and beaten up and stripped and then mocked and then tortured? And then do I really have to be put on display and hung and to bleed out and to suffocate for all of these people? They can't even pray with me. Please, any other way. I I have a pretty good idea. I feel like we could do it like this. Do you want to hear about it, Dad? He doesn't get the answer he's looking for. Says that he gets up again and he looks around, they're still sleeping. He goes and he prays for a third time. Now, how many of you appreciate persistent people in your life? Anyone? Are you a persistent person? My sister's very persistent, my mom is, I love her, but mom, if you're watching, you're soft, right? And uh, she can buckle. Like, uh, you just have to ask a few times before she gives in, right? And I'm not that person. If you ask me over and over and over again, I actually become more obstinate and I get my back up and I refuse to do what it is that you're asking from me because you can't take anything from me, right? And so my little sister, she she often would just be like, can I, can I please, please, can I? Can I? can I, can I, can I please, please, can I? Are you sure, are you sure? Are you sure that you're sure? Are you really sure? Are you super sure that you're sure that you're sure? Please, can I? Can I? Eh. And she was the kid who would cry in aisles, in stores. That, you know, when your kids do it, you have to bite your lip. But when other kids do it, you're like, I would bust that kid, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I had to throw in another kid joke. By the way, the last time I preached, I said that I might. Like, I wanted to kick a kid, and everybody was, like, mad at me. I don't like kicking kids. I just want to get that out of the way. If you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to August and watch my sermon. Um, (laughs) Persistence is okay, but it doesn't break God. Like, there's certain things that are written in the word of who we are supposed to become, and they've been there before we were here. And just because we don't want to embrace who it is that God is calling us to be doesn't mean that we actually have permission, one, to beg to be something else, and two, that God is going to change his mind. See, Jesus was confronted in this garden with this fact. He's praying for the third time, Dad, is there any other way that I could become who you want me to be? I have a really good idea what I could do. And God wasn't very interested He needed him to become who he was becoming. Why? For you and for I. I I say that because I think sometimes we forget who Jesus was. Jesus was a rabbi. He was a Jewish man who was a religious scholar and a teacher. And so Jesus being who he was would have had a really, 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 really good understanding of the Old Testament like better than you and I ever will. It's just a fact. He would have known this stuff by the time he was 12, like memorized. And so while he's praying, I believe that the spirit, because the Bible tells us that the spirit of God brings things back to our remembrance. He would have been sitting there praying and realizing, oh shoot, who I'm supposed to be was written down years ago. It's found in Isaiah 52 and 53. The suffering servant, the person who's going to become the Christ, the person who's going to be the savior of the world, the Messiah, who I am, who God has called me to be, Isaiah 52 53. If you're taking notes, that's where we are. If I'm going to become who God has called me to be, I must remember Scripture. The Bible tells us, and Scripture tells him, that he actually needs to be crushed, and that it was God's will and joy for this to happen. Now that feels like a little masochist, like God is this like, really angry guy up at the sky. Like, that's not what it's about. But because he is becoming who he was designed to be, it gives God great joy. And when you look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, when we look at Scripture and we see who it is that we're supposed to be, God doesn't really want us to negotiate with him a way out of becoming. He actually wants to empower us to become because these things were written down far in advance. That's why it's really, really, really good to have a Bible habit. It doesn't save you. We know a lot of people who know the Bible that don't know God, but if you're a believer, it's so important to have a Bible habit because it won't save you, but it will help in the times of trouble. It will give you a grid of who you are becoming and who he has called you before you knew that you had a name. So Jesus, he gets up, remembering the Bible tells him this, that after the suffering of his soul, he will look back at his reward and be satisfied. We live in a culture that wants things now and I wanna do it my way, but Jesus sets this pattern and the Bible gives us this grid that if we get on the other side of what we are working through with his help, grace for the cross that we will actually get to a point where we can turn around, do an about face, look at our life and be satisfied because God was good, God was close and God did an incredible thing in me and through me. Jesus needed grace for the cross. It's not just a product from the cross. It's not just a present from the Easter story. It's a propeller. And I believe that there's an invitation for each and every one of us all throughout scripture and here in the morning to make a decision not to run away from what God is calling us to become, but to run to. And here's the fact, here's the truth. We can't do it on our own. And that's the beauty of the gift of grace. If you're hearing what I'm saying and you're discouraged or you're worried or you're wondering, what am I gonna do? I don't know if I want to. I don't even know what I'm supposed to. It's okay. And every person that Jesus comes in contact with in scripture and in this life, he looks at them and he smiles and he invites them to go on a journey that they never asked for because he's good and he is kind and he is faithful and he is true and he loves us so much just the way that we are, except he refuses to leave us that way. He never left the woman at the well that way. He never left the Roman Centurion that way. He didn't leave Pilate that way. He always invites us to know him and to know him more. He doesn't leave the disciples sitting in boats. He doesn't leave tax collectors robbing their people. He doesn't leave us where he finds us, he loves us, and he meets us there. He, he pursues us, but he says, will you give it up? Will you go on a journey that you could never go on by yourself? Please hear me today. I hope that you hear the kindness of a Savior and that you feel the presence of a liberating spirit. There is grace for you today, but it's time to confront who you need to become And it might mean that you need to jump over some things, get under some other things, or just smash through the wall. Again, sanctification is being free, and free from sin. Where there is perfect love, God casts out all fear, and that's who God is. I don't know if you've been praying for something and feeling like God isn't moving and God isn't operating, but can I just encourage you today that perhaps the thing that you're trying to avoid the most, the unanswered prayer is your answer. And he's inviting you today to lean in to how he sees it. He's asking you to be desperate for him so that you can get up, dust it off, ignore the world around you and what they think about who you could become in your identity and actually become who God has called you to be. You see, Jesus wasn't confronted only this time by himself, but he was tempted. You you remember the story, Matthew chapter 10, He's in the wilderness, it's before his journey uh, of discipleship making, right? He's a follower of God, he's empowered by the Spirit, he's knowing the Word of God, and the Spirit leads him into temptation, right? Not all temptation is bad, right? If you put yourself in a bad situation, it's really good temptation, but you chose it, and he is good and he is kind, but sometimes the Spirit leads us to opportunities that we need to actually decline, like, think about it for a second. The Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness, not so that he would accept the temptation of Satan, but that he would be empowered, he graced for that he would be rooted in the word, that he would conquer that moment, so because what was gonna happen next was gonna be amazing and world-changing, and so he's tempted, and he, he relies on the word, and Satan knows the word, and hey, did God really say, and what about this, and you know, maybe if you interpret it like that, then you'll get a different conclusion, and Jesus is like, no, it says this, and it doesn't just say that there, it says it here, and it says it here, and it says it there, and it says it there, and he overcomes, and then what he does after that is, then he begins to preach. Sometimes you've got to go through things so that you can tell some things. It's okay. Keep going. And in order to tell things, you have to have an audience. And so he begins to tell things, and he's graced for that. And then he picks disciples, and then he makes disciples, and then he saves disciples, and then he sends disciples. And God actually wants to send you. He's not just interested in meeting you where you want him to hang out with you. Jesus says in, in Matthew 10 that whoever does not take his cross and follow him is not worthy of him. We don't really think about that very much, do we? This is, this is a long time before Jesus actually gets crucified, and he's looking at the ones that he loves, and he says, hey, if you want to do what I'm doing, you need to die to yourself. you, you, you got to get over yourself. You have to get a greater vision of yourself, and the way that you do that is through serving others and through serving the Lord. He says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Hey, can, can I leave you with that challenge today? Can we, can we rely on the words of Jesus today? That this life is so much more than finding who we are. It's more than defining our identity for the world that is around us. Right, right now, we live in this really cool space where we're super collected and integrated and we have conversations and we're informed and engaged with the whole world. Hey, the whole world has an idea of who you are and they love you, but, but Jesus died for you and he has grace for you. And he's not interested in who you want to become. He's interested in helping you become who he designed you to absolutely be. If you want to find your life, you have to embrace the thing that you were avoiding and trying to redefine. You know why? Because the world, Leonard Ravenhill said this years ago. I don't know if you're a fan of this man, but said so the world is not waiting. It is not needing a new definition of Christianity. It's needing a new demonstration of it. The Bible tells us that the world is groaning. All of creation groans for the sons and daughters of God to rise up and become who they're supposed to be. There is so much more for you than telling people who you think you should be based off of what somebody said you might want to be. There is grace to push you closer to who he wants you to be. And that is good, and it is good, and it is good. I'm gonna invite the worship team And we're gonna close with a couple thoughts here. In John 17, 17, um, we find Jesus in this amazing, amazing portion of scripture. Like if you could read John 14 through 17 in your Bible, in my Bible it's red letters. If you ever wanna know the heart of God and wanna know what the greatest sermon ever preached was, could you look at that? Just write it down and, and observe. And it's just Jesus spitting bars. He's just going and he's saying all these profound things full of wisdom, full of kindness, and full of grace. They're not always comfortable things. They're not always nice things, but they are always kind things. And the whole three or four pages in my Bible is just red letters of what Jesus was saying. And he has this amazing prayer for his disciples and he has an amazing prayer for all believers. And so if you're wondering if God could pray for you today, what would it be? Go to John 17 and take a look because he's praying for those who are are disciples of him, who are pursuing him in a disciplined fashion. And he's also praying for the people who believe, who just happen to be in the area. He says this, sanctify them by truth because your word is truth, dad. Dad, would would you sanctify them by truth, your word is truth. Hey, a good Bible habit doesn't save you, but it helps. I believe that we're living in a time where there's too much to consume. And we have tons of options, but we're actually we're not becoming who God wants us to be because we don't even know who he wants us to be. And Jesus is begging and he died for it so that you and I would become, but we've settled for verse of the day. We've settled for what pastor said. We don't have an encounter with him. We're not even driven to prayer to the point of being stressed, of God, I wanna become, but I'm not sure what I have to do next. And I believe God wants to grace you today. Hey, hey, there's no shame here. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The caveat is that it's not the ones who walk according to what they want, it's the ones who walk according to what the spirit wants. We said a a strong prayer today, God, I wanna make room for you to do whatever you want to do. Would you make room in your heart to change the way you think? The Bible calls that repentance. Faith comes by hearing and hearing word of God and I hope that you were encouraged today my last couple thoughts are this you ready for it because this is important this is what I was asked to teach you salvation is free but being sanctified being a disciple is costly there is always a trade to be made For Peter, he had to get over himself and give up his business. For Matthew, he had to stop taxing people. He had to leave his office and go for a long walk. For the woman at the well, she had to stop pretending like she knew she had everything all together and actually lean in to the promise of heaven. For you and I, what does that look like? It looks like something, and I believe that either we pray or when we read that we're confronted with this, And you know, and if you don't know, he's good enough and kind enough to show you in this morning. One last thought about grace. It's believed that it is an umbrella. I don't know about you, but I don't need one because my hair doesn't get messed up. I had a friend say this to me the other day and Pastor Brent and I were sharing back and forth and it came up in that conversation as well. But grace is a beautiful umbrella. The the amazing thing about this umbrella is that it's not held by us, which is also a devastating truth because Jesus is the one that holds the umbrella. It is of no effort on our own. He just walks over to us and he says, hey, I see you and I love you. Sin no more, do you you want to become who I called you to be? And so this person who has the umbrella, he pursues sometimes, but, but sometimes scripture tells us that the guy with the umbrella is over there And it is our job to pursue out the grace that covers. So whether you know him today or you don't, he's pursuing you and asking you to pursue him. And there's this beautiful dance that you get to do with the Father in heaven through the empowerment of the Spirit because of the life and the sacrifice of Jesus. Hey, hey, he loves you. He loves you and he loves you. He died for you so you didn't have to. The question is, will you become today? One last verse and then we're going to sing that song again i want to make room for you god to do what you want to do and then i'm going to pray for you And i'm going to believe i believe i believe i believe that there's a an invitation on your life and that god wants to do a miraculous thing today not in 20 years he's going to do things in 20 years but i believe he wants to do something for you today paul says this therefore i urge you brothers in the view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. But, everyone say but. Come on, everyone say but. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That it is good, it's pleasing, and it is perfect. All around this room would you just close your eyes and Just consider some of the things that you've heard. We're going to sing this song as a prayer, but could you just take like 30 seconds and evaluate, take an inventory of your life and and ask and be honest, God, am I sure I am who you called me to be? God, is, is there something in my heart and in my life that I need to give up to you? Is there a cross that I need to pick up? as a disciple do i have to get over myself do i have to let you define me just take a couple seconds and if you say today hey calvin i heard what you said and there's some work i need to do i either need grace to come to me with the umbrella or i need to go run and give up some stuff give up my positions and and give up my ideas to get under the grace that will sanctify me, that will give me salvation, that will, will encourage me and empower me. During this song, would you stand? You don't have to do it. Don't do it for me, but you're saying, hey, God, in front of heaven and heaven alone, I want to make room for you to do a miracle in my life, to change me from the inside out. I invite you to stand and just worship this morning. That would say based off of what we said at the beginning of the morning like i don't i don't know if i can trust jesus but i've heard of what he's up to and i want to give him a try i've heard the message today i've been in the environment i'm i'm hearing this song and this prayer and like i just i've heard that he's done things for others and my mom told me about him my my grandmama told me about him i have a friend who invited me from work and i don't know if i'm all the way there but i want to try with. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray for you real quick. If you're in the room, you're just saying, hey, I want to, I want to follow this Jesus. I don't know what it's all about, but I, I, want to, I want to surrender my life to him. I don't want to just hear about it. I want to experience it. If that's you, just throw your hand up in the room or online. I believe God is He's watching you. He's wanting you. He's good. And God, will we pray for these ones that are, that are choosing to follow after you. I'm not sure what it looks like, but none of us actually ever are. God, I pray that you would give them courage and strength and boldness. Lord, I pray that they'd be overwhelmed by a sense of your love and the forgiveness that is for them through your life. You accept them just as they are, but you want to take them on a journey of becoming. And God, we thank you for the work that you're doing in each and every one of our hearts today. Thank you for your sacrifice. Holy Spirit, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the second prayer for those of us in the second, third, and fourth phase chair of our discipleship in Jesus. Hey, I'm a believer, but it's time for me to start working. I'm a believer, but I believe Jesus actually wants me to to use my hands and feet to do something for him, for for the kingdom, for, for those who know him, and for those who don't know him yet. And I need some courage, but I need to get over myself. Maybe I don't feel like I'm good enough. Maybe I got some sin in my life that I feel like is disqualifying me. Maybe I just don't care. I have an apathy about the things of God. And I need some courage to move to the next step. And, and then maybe there's some of us in the room who we're comfortable and we're saying, man, I'm working, I'm serving, I give coffee, I help junior highs, I sing on stage, I, I teach, I, I'm doing okay. Hey, hey, there's always an invitation for more. And I believe that God wants to take you, the one who's giving great stuff to him, to the next level responsibility and empowerment in his kingdom. And if that's you, I believe that there's grace for you as well today. If you want to move to the next step in your relationship and discipleship with Jesus and need more grace this morning, you need a supernatural amount of grace to get over it. Would you just put two hands to heaven? Just two hands right on up, right where you are. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You are here, and you say, Where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst, and that you are able to do what it is that we are praying for. James, the brother of Jesus, said that if we lack wisdom, if we are in need of help, that if we pray and confess to one another this truth, that you were good enough to set us free, God, I pray that you would take the breaks off of those that are following you the breaks of the mind and the breaks of the feet the breaks of the hand lord i pray every single person in this room that they would come into a context and then knowing those who are joining with us online that they would just know that they know that they know that they are made for more and that you desire to do that in their life because you are good and you are kind and you are faithful you are true and you are not a liar you've called us to lead you've called us to love you've called us to set an example And although you are happy that we sit at the bottom of the hill and listen to you preach, your desire is that we would be standing in front of you so that we could be within your gaze so that you could put things in our hands and turn us around and send us to those who don't know you yet. God, I pray for this grace that empowers us, that pushes us to becoming, that helps us get over ourselves and helps us get to you. The one that moves us from saying, what would Jesus do? into being what would jesus do if he was me god let us be more like you today in jesus name amen and amen. thank you for being with us this morning but this wasn't about us this was all about you and who god has called you to be if you need prayer today we want to be available to do that just find somebody will you pray with me i'll pray with you find a city team member if you're new here in this space and you want to know what it looks like to do more, if you want to, to get baptized, find us out in the lobby at the Connection Corner. we will love to help you out. If you want to serve, there's an awesome opportunity today to let somebody know that. It's not about us and taking care of a building. It's actually becoming who God has created you and crafted you to be. We want to walk that journey with you. I want to remind you one last thing that this Wednesday is First Wednesday worship and we're going to pray and i believe that god wants to meet with us again here in this beautiful place but he meets you everywhere that you go and so i challenge you this week get in your word confront the things that you are afraid of and asking him to get you away from and see the miracle happen in Jesus' name is that good amen thank you you were dismissed we love you we will see you again